Pretty sketchy podcast. I'm Corey, and with me, as always, is uh, acclaimed author and diabolical mastermind behind the League of Unremarkable Gentlemen, Michael Marshman. <laughs> How <you> doing, man? <laughs> that one went for a while. Yeah, I went through that one um, off the cuff. Hang on, I got this weird thing going on where Skype is like literally right in front of my face. There we go. Cool. All right. Um, okay, so uh, this pretty sketchy podcast. What we do is Michael wrote a comic book. I'm illustrating that comic book right in front of you, um, so you can see how not to make a comic book um okay so what's going on man how's things uh pretty, pretty good man um, <laughs> i was freezing my ass off last night it was fucking cold <laughs> didn't help that i was out i was just gonna say that you're, you're usually the angry cynical one on the podcast but you've been on holidays for several weeks now so you <laughs> probably yeah i've, I've pretty much I've, I've forgotten what it's like to work <laughs> oh yeah. that must be a pretty nice feeling <laughs> It won't be when I get back. Yeah, so, so where were you last night? I'll, I'll come back and be like, how do I do? <laughs> what, what were you up to last night? Uh, I was hanging out with Paulie, actually. I was oh. at his house. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. PQ, uh, the one fan of the podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's cool, yeah. To play any arms? Because, like, let me tell you this, right? We're getting off topic immediately. Um, but no. I got a copy of Arms on the Switch. And yes. holy shit, dude. <laughs> you look at it and you go okay it's basic mechanics you got punch move you know there's jumping and, and like a dodge sort of button yeah. um and block and that's it right and you think to yourself this is fucking simple but then when you play against somebody with some skill you realize just how quickly the fucking strategy comes into play and we sat down <laughs> at my lunch break he was he was off and he came in just happened to be there and i'm like fucking let's play some arms he's like yeah cool uh he beat me 12 nil. <laughs> oh, wow. I won one round in six fights because you get two points for each. For each yeah, match. yeah. And um, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? You know, and, and like it was like I was starting to get a feel for it at that point. But, okay. you know, it's, it's crazy. Not to... Uh... Not to crush you or anything, but I'm better than Paulie. Yeah, I know. That's, I'm like, fuck, what am I going to do? But we've decided now we're going to have some sort of a, a inter-store, intra-store comp for Nintendo. So like, we'll have like a round-robin sort of situation with Mario Kart and then ARMS and whatever else. And uh, oh <laughs> finishing the whole thing off with a speed run of uh, Legend of Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. But um, yeah, but it's 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 a pretty fun game like i, I wasn't expecting it to be bad because it's uh it's first party nintendo isn't it yeah i believe so yeah yeah but um you know the, all of the games are really well balanced and polished and stuff but this one just like i was looking at it going it's a bit of a stretch it's really just two people whacking each other in the face but uh it's more than that like it really is there's timing involved because like you know with things like tekken fighting games like tekken and you know mortal Kombat and stuff there's so many combos and things um yeah that that can get you through and button mashing is a bit more of a thing because um it's it's not really as timing related if you're going to button mash if, if you're going to actually fight using skill then obviously timing can mm. do it pretty heavily but if you're just going to sit there and smash buttons you, you can't really do that in this because you just end up your punches take so long to come back it just leaves you vulnerable you know yeah if, um, if you get two new players and one's a button masher they're always going to lose yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah but it's i really like that and it's I'm, I'm curious once i get my skills up to go online and play against you know some real players and stuff and just see how to really be dominated <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah like it's uh yeah just out of left field i wasn't expecting that at all and um kind of dig it so yeah, yeah. i actually had a guy um rage quit on me the other day oh really <laughs> um, yeah i was playing i was playing ranked matches and came across this guy and I typically, and this is most fighting games anyway, but in ranked, you ranked or even player matches, you at least do two out of three or like three matches yeah. at the most. Well, even at the least, I guess. But um, yeah, so you basically every time the fight's over, you can either rematch or move on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, he beat me, and I was like, oh, you know, just do a rematch, and he, he took it, and then I beat him. And then did a rematch again. And in the last like few seconds, it went to, I think I beat him the first round. And then the second round, there were like three seconds left in the match. And I was ahead quite a bit. 
and all of a sudden I just couldn't hit him. I was just like throwing punches and stuff that were going through a room, and it was just like you've lost <laughs> connection oh, to the other player. I'm like, oh god, okay, I see what's happened here. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of sucked too because like I didn't get my points and stuff, and it didn't count as a victory. So, yeah, I think that's something that I'll need to address because so far there's no punishment for early quitting. I guess. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Um. <laughs> It's yeah, uh, yeah. Like what was something I was gonna say? The 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 it it definitely is a game that rewards accuracy. You know, like and I yeah. mean that as far as timing and stuff like that. Like sometimes you throw wild punches that seem to go off in the middle of nowhere, but um, it does reward patience and waiting for that right moment and uh you know using your block effectively as well it's not just a thing to you know just an extra button to you know give you a, a little bit of defense it really it's an offensive move maneuver as well which is really cool yeah um yeah i really dig that but yeah be i'm, I'm hoping to get more into it i, I felt really good about myself because I, I played through the single player campaign last night just for you know one fighter <laughs> um yeah uh, on like on the TV on the big screen, and I was like, "Ah, oh, this is fucking mad!" And I, I I just I won every single round and perfected the last two, and I'm like, "Fuck, I'm the shit!" <laughs> and then I remembered back to lunch, and I'm like, "I really have no idea what I'm doing." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm a big fan. So anyway, we've already again been sidetracked off topic, but um, oh yeah, one thing I wanted to get to was last week's debacle. So if anybody's playing along. Um, I guess last week was episode 17, I think. Um, and we had some serious audio issues uh, and also streaming problems. So the, we're not doing an audio podcast out of it because um, it's just not worth it. It's like we've had an issue before where Michael's mic wasn't working at all. and It was just me talking, um, which was frustrating enough. But in this one, it's me cutting in and out, which makes it even worse. You know, it's just... It's really tough to listen to. Um, yeah, it'd drive you insane. Yeah, so we decided not to bother with the audio podcast and because of streaming issues, which to be honest, if I wanted to do this on YouTube, I wouldn't have been able to replicate. It just somehow happened. It split the podcast into three separate videos. Um, and uh, I'm not 100% sure. I haven't been through them to check if they're 100% complete or whatever. But if you want to stick it out and, and watch them just to click through, they're, they're in three parts. Um, and uh, I'll probably at some point get cut them all together and make it into one clip but i just need the time um but again it's probably going to be frustrating to listen to but if you want to see what i'm doing it's it, at least it's there right so uh for, we've made a decision now to instead of live stream the podcast just because we've had too many frame rate issues and glitches and things like that in the past we're going to just go ahead and start recording the podcast and uploading it um you know we, we, we weren't getting a lot of live traffic at this point anyway um so it's not a major deal um yeah, so eventually the, the hope is, you know, once we get a much bigger following to get like this thing moving and um, go back to live, probably hopefully with better bandwidth and things like that where we can interact with people live on the podcast and stuff. But that's we'll see what happens in the future. But anyway, that's that. Moving forward, hopefully this is going to look a lot better and stream a lot better and stuff like that. So there you go. It's so, such a shame too because it was a really, really good episode. It really was, man. We, we had some really good uh topics to discuss because we hadn't done a podcast in in many weeks yeah. so we had a lot to catch up on <laughs> and it just went down the toilet so, um all right but moving on to this week's topics uh i saw wonder woman because i think last time in the last pod podcast we spoke you'd seen it i hadn't seen it yet um yeah yeah and uh yeah man holy shit what a movie just <laughs> you know like you heard the hype like because i saw it late in the piece and you hear the hype and you sort of go, oh, yeah, it's, it is what it is. Um, I'll, I'll reserve judgment until I see it. I, I knew I was going to like it because, you know me, I like everything. Um, but yeah. it was uh, it, it I mean, really I mean, you, you had good things to say about Fifty Shades of Grey, for fuck's sake. I mean, come on. Hey, it wasn't bad. <laughs> see? It wasn't see? good. <laughs> this is what I have to deal with. <laughs> it certainly wasn't. It wasn't as bad as everyone was making it out to be. And most of the discourse surrounding the controversy of that movie was completely disproportionate you know so whatever um <laughs> that's, enough, that's enough about 50 shades and that's the last we'll ever speak of it um yeah but you know what i really liked about wonder woman 
is the fact that, and I think this is why it worked. Um, with again, I'm going to use the word discourse with all the discourse surrounding her being the first major uh, female lead superhero movie in this sort of collection of modern, you know, uh, superhero cinema. Um, there was a lot of talk about it being, oh, you know, she's not getting this and she's not getting that. Like even just in the last week, there's been an article circulating that she's, she only got paid $300,000 for each of the movies that she's been in as Wonder Woman. And, and you know, that was getting spread around. And it's like, see, fucking, this is, this is the problems women face and all this. And it turns out that somebody actually looked into it and found out that she actually earned the same, if not more than all of the other um, first tier Marvel heroes and stuff did on their contracts, you know? So it's like, yeah. Um, and, and it all comes, apparently they get points, well, not so much points, but they get bonuses based on box office performance later on. So yeah. as soon as the box office season finished, they'll assess it and they'll go, okay, here's $15 million, you know, or whatever mm. it may be. So there's a good chance because this movie's kicking so much ass, you'll probably end up earning way more, more than, that. yeah, than, than uh, you know, um, uh, fucking, what's his name? Um, Captain Robert. America and all that, you know, like she's probably not going to get the Robert Downey Jr. cash, <laughs> but then again, he probably got paid fuck all for Iron Man one, you know? Yeah, um, exactly. Because that's the movie that brought his career back. He was a nobody before that. He hadn't done anything mm. in, that wasn't art house in years, you know? Um, yeah. And all this, but anyway, I get off topic, but what, where, where the movie I think worked is that they weren't making apologies. They weren't saying, Oh, you know, she's a woman. So she doesn't need to fucking, um, you know, she needs to do this and, you know, why does she have to compete with this and blah, blah, blah. All of that was just, she's a goddess. She doesn't need to worry about that sort of stuff. You know, yeah. she's, she's, she's the toughest, baddest fucker in the movie. And she manages to do that and, and sort of straddle this fine line between being that and also being poised and elegant and, you know, um, just somebody to, with a lot of character to admire as well. You know, she's not yeah. just a brawler. She's 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 very skillful and measured and brilliant. You know, and I think that's the best way to, to do a character like that. See, that's the problem that I found personally, and, and I mean this is this isn't inherent of the show itself. But the problem I had with the first few episodes of Supergirl was she was just whining about how how come my cousin doesn't have to put up with this? I'm a girl, blah blah blah. And it was like, as soon as they dropped that and just made her a fucking badass who is equal. Um, in her own estimation to everyone else, um, then it became a great show, you know? Uh, and I think that that sends a much stronger message than, than getting bogged down in politics. You know, just make her make her good, as good, if not better than everyone and and not have to discuss it, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, but, but all that aside, like the action sequences, the, I mean, there was that scene at the start of the movie, not, you know, spoil it. There may be spoilers. I'm going to try to avoid it, but if you're listening, spoilers, right? Um, I mean, if you haven't seen it by now, fucking all. Yeah, God damn it. <laughs> you and all your friends better get down there, which is you and no one else. <laughs> um, it was, you know, just that opening sequence, well, not opening sequence, but early on in the movie when the, the uh, all of the Amazons ride down on the beach to take on the Nazis. Germans. Yeah, yeah it They're was not like... Nazis, mate. Oh, okay, sorry. It's World War One. There's no Nazis. <laughs> they know what they <laughs> do. <laughs> no, okay, so it's the Germans. Story. Just because so much German doesn't mean they're a Nazi. My God, das, das Germans. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> the they ride down the beach. That battle sequence. Um, I, I was welling up, dude. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I, I well up at the drop of a hat nowadays because I'm getting old and it's becoming a weird issue for me. But it, <laughs> it was it was interesting, like how they were just unashamedly brilliant. You know, like the, it was like this was like breathing for them. They went down there, and don't get me wrong, they took losses, but we're talking about swords and shields against dudes with guns that they've, they've never seen before you know it's like you gotta yeah. like to me I, I in my head i was equating it to you know um like explorers landing you know like and, and, and taking on you know like i know native americans or whatever for the first time and the first time any indigenous culture came up against weapons you know even in australia you know the aboriginal people 
and and then suddenly you've got Captain Cook rolling up with guns and shit, you know, like it's and, and ships and, and and superior technology, but it didn't stop them from just going balls to the wall and just doing what they know how to do, you know, and and, and yeah. it, it ended up making it a fairly balanced fight. In fact, they end up winning, you know. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I liken it to they, they brought a knife to a gunfight and they won. Yeah, yeah. But just like, I mean, the shit those girls can do with a horse and a fucking sharp stick, you know, it's just like, yeah. holy shit. And it was just beautifully shot. They did all of the cool slow-mo stuff that you sort of used to seeing in like the 300 and things like that. But it definitely had its own flavor. It didn't feel like it was, um, it didn't feel like it was derivative. You know what I mean? It, it mm. seemed really original how they were how they were doing it, you know. And I, I kind of was really getting off on the visuals in that regard, you know. Um, yeah, but pretty cool, pretty cool. And then again, all of the scenes, you know, out on the battlefield with her as well, when she jumps out of the trench, you know, that was just the kind of shit that was just. I feel like you could say it was pulled directly from the pages of a comic book, except for the fact that it just was too large in scope you know what i mean like it was just like yeah um there was i don't know i feel like you even the best comic book artist would struggle to bring to life imagery that intense you know with still pictures but yeah. it, it was man I, I was totally vibing on it man it was really cool yeah so uh on reflection how many times have you seen it now twice i haven't gone again mm yet did you find did you get a lot out of it the second time uh yeah i did yeah i um i'm trying to oh god it was a while ago but, but yeah, I, I remember it <laughs> no, <laughs> it's um i i it tends to happen a lot with movies for me anyway like when i go watch it a second time because i already know everything so yeah. i can look at the grand scheme of things look at the beginning of a movie and see how everything just sort of ties together yeah yeah, which is 100%. why I like that because you notice things you didn't spot before. Yeah, and I think that's why with every subsequent subsequent viewing of uh, Batman vs Superman, I liked it more. I've seen that movie, I think four times now. Yeah, and I think three three times was the theatrical one time with the ultimate. Yep. And at the end of it, I think the ultimate's the best cut, obviously, but. With the speaking with just the theatrical, every time I saw it, I could just see all the threads, and it just improved the movie so much. And like I know it's a movie that's been shit on, yeah, constantly since it's come out. I personally loved it, yeah. But yeah, I think it's one of those movies that people will look back on after a while. Like all these other movies will come out, like Justice League will come out, and Aquaman, Flash, all that bullshit, and mm. it'll end up people will look back on it and be like okay it makes a lot more sense now yeah yeah fair enough yeah so yeah how did, <laughs> i'm getting off wonder woman but yeah um <laughs> yeah i i think because like i had i had time to reflect on it after watching it the first time and when i went in the second time it just sort of reaffirmed a lot of my feelings i uh -huh. guess because sometimes like when you watch a movie a second time you'll spot things that are, are wrong with it you know, it's like once you see it, you can't unsee it, sort of deal. Yeah. yeah. But I, I didn't get that with Wonder Woman. I was just oh, okay. In that, in that, but the whole time, the second time around. Yeah, and I mean, what a great casting, though. You know, right. like, yeah. god damn, she's like Gal Gadot. You know, I mean, you can carry on about how she's a babe and everything like that, but it's more than that, dude. It's the way she carries herself. She, she feels like, uh, she carries herself with a kind of grace that you would expect from somebody who's essentially, I mean, she's, she's realistically a monarch of her people, you know? Mm. Um, and that, that really comes through, you know, like a lot of dare, dare I say it, Hollywood actresses, you know, like for, for American Hollywood actresses may probably would have dropped the ball on that, you know? Yeah. Um, I yeah. don't know, maybe not, but it was, it was certainly, um, you know she's hard to take your eyes off and i don't mean that in a she's an attractive woman way i mean she's just she just draws you in you know and uh yeah, she has a presence yeah that's fantastic so yeah but um um yeah so yeah uh, in the end i uh, i'm a i'm a 10 out of 10 guy <laughs> <laughs> you know i thought it was fantastic but yeah 
Um, the other the other comic book news, I guess, we, we sort of um, came out recently is um, Carnage is going to be the villain in Venom, the Venom movie. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. I've got to ask a question about this, I, knowing nothing about mm-hmm. this, and I'm and I'm not 100 familiar with the characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know I know obviously what Venom looks like. Um, I'm not 100 sure about Carnage. Uh, I feel like I know the backstory of Carnage, but I can't recall it for the life of me. So I must maybe I either knew it and forgot or don't know it all. Um, but are they going to make this movie without Spider-Man? Because I always uh, thought Venom Venom's a different individual, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It's um depending on who you ask, it's Eddie Brock or Flash. I can't remember Flash's last name for okay. the life of me. Um. Yeah, and it's it's a completely separate thing too. It's like an alien symbiote that latches onto someone yeah. and essentially what's the takes deal with it? Over. What's the deal with it being a derivative of the spider suit? That I'm not too sure on. I've I've never because I, I seem to remember Peter Parker getting attacked by this alien symbiote first. Maybe that's what it is. It originally attacks Peter. It fucks with him for a while, and then he gets rid of it. But then somebody else picks up that suit. And, yeah, and then, and then I'm not on. too sure. Yeah, that, that sounds familiar to me. But yeah, I mean, God, comic fans are one day going, they're going through the archives at some point, <laughs> listening to this podcast, going, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so we can't. What, what do we know about it? So he, uh, somebody's been cast. As no, Carnage? I don't think so. If if they have, they haven't said anything. Who's who's playing Venom? But, um, Isn't it Tom Hardy? Tom Hardy. Yeah, that's what I thought. Like. Again, that seems like a strange choice. Because yeah, I always, again, I always, I always assumed that Venom was kind of like a very similar character to, you know, Peter Parker as far as, you know, being again just a. Because I think was, it, I th- am I crazy? But wasn't Topher Grace like a Venom character in one of the? Spider- in the movie, yeah. Uh, yeah, Spider-Man right. <laughs> maybe that's wrong. Let's ignore that. Yeah, let's ignore that happened. But maybe that's what I'm thinking because. I, I, I look at him and I look at um, fucking Peter Parker, whatever, who, who played him. What was it again? Um, whatever. I okay. see, saw them as two very similar individuals. You know what I mean? They both easily could have been cast as Spider-Man in that movie. Um, and so yeah. that's when I when I heard Tom Hardy, I'm like, but he's a man's man. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, that's typically what it is. Um, I, I believe the original Venom was an astronaut who brought the symbiote back with him. Oh, fuck right. Okay, yeah, that, uh, that which, rings a bell too. I think it was, was Flash. Um, yeah. Yeah, and Eddie Brock like was like a was like a, a jock, like a mad football player, I believe. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so and like Venom's sense. always been this massive fucking dude. Yeah, just... well, like in the suit, like his his body tends to transform into something insane. Um, yeah, and I mean it's not really a suit; it's just the symbiote itself. It just covers the the host. Yeah, in like a protective sort of layer, and it lets it do whatever the hell it wants, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Carnage is pretty much the same. Uh, he's a more psychotic version of Venom. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also doesn't help that the host that he's latched onto was like a, a psychotic serial killer. So okay. it just like <laughs> accelerated that as well. He's he's just like yeah, Venom. If he was fucking schizo, I guess, <laughs> or just psychotic. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, I, I'm. I mean, if they're pulling in names like Tom Hardy, I would. Go, I've got to assume it's going to be a good script. Um, either that, or he's just looking for a sick payday, <laughs> which I yeah. guarantee this will be. Um, but yeah, he seems a bit more uh, artistically inclined than that. I think. I think that'd be kind of selling him a bit short. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting. I'm, I'm mm. definitely keen to learn more about the characters and stuff. You know. Yeah. Um, I mean, my, my first thought when they said Carnage is going to be in it, I was kind of hoping Norman Reedus would play Carnage. Cause, oh, um, right on. Yeah. Because the, the the host of Carnage, like the, the dude that it latches onto, is like a, a redneck hillbilly. Oh, right dude. on. And he kind of nails that in The Walking Dead. So I'm like, yeah, yeah fuck it, just do that. Yeah, he's probably like, fuck that. I've been typecast enough. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it, I'm struggling with this picture of Nisa. All right, anyway. Um uh okay, so tell me about E3, man. What did you um what are you what's your big takeaway from that? 
Um, my biggest is probably Beyond Good and Evil 2. Yeah. I, because first game I absolutely adore, and they dropped that like two minute long trailer that just, it's a cinematic trailer and I get it. There's no gameplay, but mm. holy fuck, it was impressive. I don't know if you've seen it or not. Is that the one that it's, was like, um, Beyond Good and Evil, there's a, uh, like an ape style character? Yeah, the monkey talking to the pig and stuff. Yeah, right. So so is it based on Asian, um, like... Uh, kind of. I think the world kind of is. It has a lot yeah. of, um, I think, Taoist or even like Buddhist sort of... See, that's, and, that's like, the Chinese. vibe I got. Yeah, cause it reminded me yeah, of yeah. Journey to the West or whatever it's called. The... Yeah, it's got, a, it's got that kind of vibe. Like, yeah. it's not really based on it, but it's just got that sort of aesthetic. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that trailer really impressed me, just from a sheer visual yeah. perspective. Yeah, the cityscape was, and everything was really kind of Blade Runner. It was kind of like imagine Blade Runner versus um, uh, Fifth Element. Yeah, is that the? Am yeah, I remembering definitely. it right? Yeah, because again, I only just saw little snippets because like, you know me, I, st- I try to avoid E three stuff before conference. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, I was like, um, you know, but I saw a few things floating around. Oh my god, this sucks! Why can't I get this right? <laughs> I'm just I've been working on Nissa's mouth here for like the last five minutes. Um God damn. Um yeah, so again yeah, like beyond good news. I was yeah, I was just like a, a massive fan of the first game. Absolutely adored it. And when that trailer what, dropped. What was it on? Like, original Xbox. Yeah, that's what I, I thought. Yeah. Okay. I can't remember if there was a PS2 version. I don't think there was. But yeah, there was a HD uh remake. Well, HD redo, I guess, mm. on the on the 360, and it's also now backwards compatible on the Xbox One, so right. it's readily available. I, I highly recommend playing it. Yeah, it's a, a fucking fantastic game. Um, but yeah, when the when the they were showing the trailer and everyone's sort of dropping f bombs and shit, I was like, the, the first game wasn't <laughs> like that. I don't think they were swearing at all in the first game, but yeah, but see, they know I, that, I, they know that their market's grown up. That's what it is. Yeah, that's that, that's what I like. I, I read someone say, you know, it's been like 14 years since the first one. Like the people that played and enjoyed the first one back then have gotten older. Yeah. So they, I, I, I have faith that they know what they're doing. It is Ubisoft, so that faith isn't completely 100. <laughs> percent But um, they go all right. Yeah. Rabid man. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Nothing ever went wrong with that. But um, yeah, we'll see. That and um, Star Wars was a big one. Yeah, yeah. Battlefront. Oh fuck, Battlefront, man. Yeah. I was just saying to someone the the other day. I um, I remember the first time I ever saw Battlefront one was at conference months Mm. before. I, 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 to be honest, I hadn't even heard of it. And they said, "Here's the new Star Wars game," and I'm like, "Holy shit!" And I played it, and the graphics were like nothing I'd seen to that point. They were really good. Um, it was the co-op missions where you're in the canyons. And it's wave after wave of stormtroopers, um, yeah. and I just remember the the lighting uh, and the textures of like the environment and stuff were just so realistic. It was like, why aren't all games looking like this? You know, now of course now they all do, <laughs> um, but I just thought the fact that they've gone to that much trouble for a Star Wars franchise game means that they, you know, t- they're taking it seriously. Um, yeah. But yeah, again, this one hopefully it sort of leaves that same mark, and with a story mode, I think it'll probably a bit, be a bit more um you know have a bit more transfer. It'll, it'll do a lot better I think. yeah yeah for sure yeah yeah um I, I didn't follow e3 too much like i was just sort of picking up news here and there i didn't sit there and watch the fucking press conferences because i had yeah. better things to do in my time <laughs> um but yeah i think it was those those two and uh a new metro yeah uh, metro exodus i was i i think because I just wasn't expecting it. I was like, you know, they made uh, 2033 and Last Light. And I was like, okay, you know, they're two very good games. I absolutely love them to death. Mm-hmm. But then they're just like, yeah, here's a new one. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it looks fucking amazing too. Apparently, it's going to be open world and shit. And oh my God, I'm, I'm insanely excited for that. <laughs> well, let's hope it lives up to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those underrated franchises, I think. Mm-hmm. Not many people give it the time of day, but when they do, they're just like, yeah, good good fucking solid solid yeah. titles. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And I mean that, uh, oh, and fucking Wolfenstein too. 
that looks goddamn phenomenal. Oh, I didn't say anything about that. Yeah, there's, yeah there's I, know, I know you're a fan of that. Um, yeah, it, it looks a, a lot more tongue-in-cheek as well, a lot more <laughs> stupid and ridiculous, which I'm all for. It's fucking that's that's what it's got to do. <laughs> fucking brilliant. Yeah, there's there's plenty to look forward to. So I think the next the next coming year, I think you're going to have a fucking ball at conference. To be honest, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, Same I think you'll probably that. be. A, yeah, Fuck. yeah. Let's not get into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a long story. Yeah, um, but. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think you might actually be a little bit overwhelmed. If if they've got a lot for you to try out, then yeah, you'll you won't know what to do with yourself. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll keep you posted anyway. Um, oh, mate, you'll keep everyone posted. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's, it's time for everybody I know <laughs> to, to block me on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, because it's all conference-related shit. Um, uh, okay. Oh, yeah, I was going to talk a little bit about, like, last um, the last sort of week, I've somehow fallen into a deep obsession with D-Antword. D-Antword? However you pronounce it. I honestly don't know. Um <laughs> Is this like a good or bad or like fascinated? Dude, like, okay, so here's what happened, right? On Reddit, um, uh, somebody posted a video that's just on YouTube of um, (laughs) uh, Ninja, the the guy from D.O.Word, just telling a story. He made this little animated story time kind of thing where he was over at Kanye's house and um, Kanye's like, oh, fucking let's go next door and play basketball with Drake. You know, and so he's like, "Oh fuck!" And he tells this backstory about how, when when they were touring Australia together, he was he was like, you know, um, they were touring with Drake, and he had no fucking clue who Drake was. So he looked him up and was like, "Oh yeah, this fucking dude looks mad gangster and shit." Got that song started from the bottom or whatever, and it's like, "Yeah, fucking cool." And then he watches the video and he goes, "Oh, oh, okay, I, I get it. This isn't kind of what I had in mind." You know, and um. <laughs> Anyway, so they wanted to see the show. And the funny thing was, like, in an interview, like, Yolandi was, like, that's the chick, was, like, um, they, they asked her, like, oh, who, who you want to see on this tour and stuff? You want to check out any bands? And she's like, well, yeah, I want to check out Drake, you know, and, and not because, like, she's a fan, just to see what the fuck the deal is, right? She's like, oh, you know, I should probably check out Drake, you know. And so they asked Drake's people. Drake's people are like, oh, no, you can't come backstage and watch the show from the side of the stage. You can't do this and do that. He gets nervous. He doesn't like it when people do that, blah, blah, blah. And so... um. <laughs> So they're like, all right, cool. So they fucking went in disguise into the audience. They fucking literally put T-shirts over their head and tied them like ninja masks and just went into the crowd and watched the show. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they're like watching it and it's just Drake doing his typical R&B pretty boy fucking loser bullshit, you know, where he's just doing his R&B and he's pointing people out in the crowd going, I see you down there. And people are losing their minds and they're going, the fuck is this shit? This is the worst fucking gig I've ever been to. So Ninja gets... <laughs> Um, you got to watch the video. I don't want to tell the whole thing, but essentially Ninja gets fucking Yolandi's phone and tweets a picture um, uh, where it's a picture. He just found it on the net. He didn't make it. He just found this picture and tweeted it. There's a picture of Drake and it says, I'm a massive faggot. <laughs> and just tweeted it. He goes, the next day, fucking, and it was a joke obviously, right? But the next day it's like, um, you know, the head of like the cover of Billboard magazine, hip hop magazine, all these things. It's like this massive beef between Drake and fucking D'Antword and shit. And he's like, ah, fuck. Cause it was nothing. It was a throwaway thing. He just doesn't give a fuck about pissing people off. Right. So he sent this yeah. stupid tweet. And, um, um, and, uh, anyway, so this is the cut back to fucking Kanye and him walking across next door to play basketball at Drake's house. He's going, fuck, I'm going to get jumped, you know? Because every time they had like every time they'd sort of bump into his his posse or whatever hotels and shit for the rest of the tour, they were always eyeballing them and shit. And so this is the first time since, you know. And so he's he's rolled in and gone like, um, "Oh, hey Drake, how you doing?" And Drake was kind of weird, just didn't want to talk to him and stuff. And he's like looking around, he's looking at Drake's crew, and he's like, "Oh, they look like badasses." And he's like, "Then I found out they were Canadian." I was like, "Oh, okay." (laughs) And he's like, he goes, "Nobody punched me. Nobody was fucking carrying on. It was like." They just, by and large, they were just quiet about it. He goes, this is what's fucking wrong with hip-hop today. You know what I mean? We got mad beef going, and they, they weren't even going to do anything. You know, it was fucking crazy. Got to remember, this dude's from Johannesburg. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. This is a place where yeah. when you go to a nightclub, everyone has to check their firearms, you know? Yeah. Um, and he's like wondering what the fuck's going on with hip hop. If he's like, you know, and he tells all these funny anecdotes about like how every time Kanye would go up to shoot, he'd always pull some fucking um, Harlem Globetrotters type fucking maneuver, you know, around the back and over oh. the top and shit. And he'd miss. <laughs> Cause he sucks <laughs> and he just keep doing that. And then one time he hits one and he's running around like, that's how I roll bitch. Fucking, you know? And then, and Drake turns up and he's all fucking head to toe in NBA gear with like brand new Jordans and fucking proper like NBA basketball shorts and a blue fucking and a headband and shit ready to roll with his crew, you know? And, um, it's just, it's a, it's just a weird story. But anyway, I, I liked his attitude. I'm like, he just doesn't fucking care about pissing people off. And since, you know, they've had run-ins with fucking Lady Gaga where they told her that she had no talent and shit and, and all this sort of stuff. Um, in fact, that's a fucking great one because, like, they must have said something to antagonize her. And she's tweeted back going, oh, okay, well, you know, um, I have hits, you know what I mean? And, like, I sold yeah. 100,000 tickets in your country. You know, you tell me what fuck, you know. And they're like, hey, just because you're big doesn't mean you're good. <laughs> and uh, oh I'm just God. like, oh, fuck. And at this point, I'm going, I kind of like these dudes, you know? They just don't give a fuck about anything. So um, anyway, so, uh, you know, I started listening to the latest CD and I, I kind of, I find their music really innovative and they, they're sort of like, more than anybody I can remember in recent times, they're artists, where the music and the visuals and it's all done by them there's no they're not hiring some fucking dude to come in and shoot their clips it's all seriously edgy art house stuff from beginning to end even the look you know like ninja's always commenting about how like this is a person it's a persona it's not you know um yeah you know it's and and, and i would assume if you if you look at yolandi it's very similar although i feel like she's more who she really is um but regardless, they're fucking really edgy, extreme artists, like true to the core, you know, um, and their style's really innovative and new and different and just you don't know which way to look. It's just everything's banging at once, you know. So, um, but anyway, they just did a short film on their last album. They got a song called Rats um, where Jack Black sings it and it's fucking really cool. Sounds like a like a Broadway show tune almost um, about he's like the rat king or some shit um all right and uh anyway so they made a short film they released like two days ago called uh tommy can't sleep and it's this it, it, for one of a better word it's just a visual nightmare like it's it's all black and white you know they're all fucked up creepy looking fucks in it and it has that you know things like the dialogue doesn't really match the lip sync and stuff okay. like that and and the the expressiveness of the voices is really over the top while the acting is really subdued or or it's really campy and over the top you know like so it it, it gives you that sort of unbalanced thing that is, is really nightmaric you know what i mean like the voices coming out of the people isn't their voices and shit it's really really yeah. crazy you, you're kind of giving me some fucking eraser head flashbacks man it feels like that right it's it's definitely experimental cinema let's put it that way and jack black is like the older version of tommy in it and he's got like the black contacts in and he's like not wearing a shirt and he's got like art painted on his body and his guts out and he's fucking he's got this weird wig on that looks like fucking straw hair and shit it's really really kooky so the reason like this whole thing i got under this topic is um i've got to see chappy everyone's telling me i gotta watch chappy and i, I you know i watched the trailer last night and i'm really keen to watch it because they because they play themselves in that movie um and uh and they sort of had a falling out with um, uh, what's his name? Um, the director. The director. Yeah. Neil Blomkamp. Neil, Neil Blomkamp. Yeah. Um, probably more so in the press than in real life, I'd imagine. But essentially, when they when they set out to make Chappie, uh, he 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 wanted them to be in it and to be featured in it and stuff like that. And they made apparently they made a, I believe a short film version of it to send to the studios to say this is the direction we want to go, right? And uh -huh. that movie was very much more in line with what Deant would do. So it was really edgy and over the top and punk and fuck you kind of attitude. And then when the studio yeah. got their claws into it, it kind of turned into this, you know, well, he, he Ninja describes it as, look, it's a cute movie, but it's not what we set out to mm. do. Um, yeah. And, uh, and so at the end of this year, they're making a film starring Jack Black that's going to be very much in line with what they want to do. So that's yeah. going to be probably 
the biggest art house mind fuck that you've seen since like I don't know um a race ahead. Yeah, like a race ahead or like, you know, something something like um Mulholland Drive or something, you know, but probably much more less mainstream visually and things like that, you know, like just really edgy and hardcore. I would imagine. I've got no idea, but I'm just yeah, like it's it's all I've been doing lately is just listening to those guys and just seeing what, what they're about, you know. Um Yeah, but that's yeah. I, I <laughs> it makes me feel sad as as somebody who considers themselves somewhat of an artist um that they they're, they're the kind of artist that where their art resonates from in here it's they're not a product of them learning a skill and sort of exploiting it and saying that they're an artist which is how more like how i feel like i, I can draw okay right so i can come up with yeah. a picture and people go wow you're an artist that's not what an artist is an artist is somebody who resonates a style um, or, or a voice from inside them that just flows into everything that they do, you know, yeah. whether it's their hairstyle and their fucking, the way they write and like the way they'll point a camera at something and the way that they will program a rhythm, the way that they will fucking have a commentary on topics. Like it's, it, it all comes from one central point, like one vector inside here. And it just, they just, they just have that in spades, you know, like they're never going to release anything that doesn't fit in with their aesthetic. Cause I don't think they're capable of creating something that doesn't, you know, whereas mm. if you look at my artwork, like you check out my Instagram and you look at all of the pictures I've done. In fact, I was saying this to somebody just yesterday, like even just the work I've got up at work, it looks like six different artists made it. It's, it's like, yeah. you know, six different styles. The style that I produce is more based on that particular work. And that's not what mm. art is. You know what I mean? That's just somebody drawing pictures. <laughs> and and that's part of what I struggle with most of all doing this comic is learning how to sort of formulate a style and sticking with it right? rather than having every panel looking like someone else drew it, you know? Um, and and uh, so that's the reason, I mean, I'm always, the, the people that inspire me are people that I aspire to be like. And that's, um, I guess that kind of goes without saying, but um, that's like, um, you know, people who can write a say just as simple as writing a love song that sounds like it came from in, in their heart as opposed to what's a good lyric for this what can i come, what's a story i can tell that's you know it's, it it feels like the song fell out of them you know as mm. part of their emotional outlet as opposed to i've got three good chords i think i might write a love song you know like and that's that's how i think most people function and that's the difference between most creators and artists you know yeah but um and then so I'm, I'm heavily on the d word bandwagon right now just for that reason you know um but yeah uh you know anyway moving on <laughs> fucking uh han solo movie oh my director. God. what the fuck happened where these two directors just up and left halfway through shooting like not even let's complete the shoot and then fuck off and let somebody else cut it. You know, like this is mm. literally we're done, we're out. And <clears throat> the studio was like, yeah, creative differences. <laughs> yeah, that that old cliche. Yeah. Uh, who knows, man? Mm. Like, I just, yeah, <laughs> it's just odd. It is, but right? It, it just, it, I feel like this is happening more and more lately. Yeah. Just, just with movies in general like people are just sort of dropping in and out to be fair i do keep track of a lot of the the dc movies and you know seeing ben affleck drop down from being director to the flash having like three different directors in the span of a year mm -hmm. it's it doesn't seem all that surprising to me anymore it, it's frustrating yeah. to me mm -hmm. um as not only as a as a fan but as like a creative person because you just you can tell a lot of the times in a finished product it's like that's the moment they left the shoot yep and it, it can either make or break a movie or even if or, even or, if even if you're getting it wrong even if you think that that's what it is and you're getting it wrong you're still thinking about it and it's taking yeah. you out of the, the movie you know what i mean yeah and that's that's a problem <laughs> you know yeah. you're like oh this yeah. this feels like a completely different tone it's it's probably not it's just that now you're thinking about it you know and you're trying yeah, to find yeah. reasons why it's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You start second guessing everything, I think. Mm. 
yeah, they interesting replacement choice though. Yeah, fucking Ron Howard. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> what what's the last thing he directed? It's a real good question. I mean, I know he's done a lot of stuff. He's he's very hit and miss. You know, like um. Yeah. Let's, let's have a little trip. Yeah, I am to be that shit because I'm curious too now. Um. Type in Ron Howard in Google. Yeah, Ron Howard steps in the. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a lot. Yeah, of that. I know. <laughs> uh, uh, director. Do, 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 do. He's got like three things that are unannounced. Oh well. Uh, uh, Inferno. Oh, yeah, no. the fucking yeah that Tom Hanks one, I guess. And before that, oh, it was that, that Beatles sense. documentary. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Really, that's all he's done recently. Uh, in the heart of the sea with uh, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Okay. A uh, couple, couple of docos. That was a pretty big movie. Rush, Rush with Chris Hemsworth right. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That was a good. God damn! Movie. So he's done a lot of stuff I've enjoyed lately. That's cool. Yeah. Because uh, Rush was um, great. Yeah, I loved it. Angels and Demons, Frost Nixon, Da Vinci Code, Cinema oh, of Man. Course, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he said he's been working hard. Like it's not like he's had ten years off. And he's, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> ten years off. It's like oh, Hans Ollie. All right. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's cool. Fuck, I can't believe I couldn't recall any of those because I've seen all those fucking movies. He spent a lot of time on those Dan Brown sort of movies, so that's I think he sort of faded into obscurity during that. Um, yeah, but things things like Rush and stuff. I mean, obviously he's got a bit of a boner for Chris Hemsworth, I think. Cause, I forgot about that. Yeah, uh, yes. <laughs> surprised he hasn't directed a Thor movie yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's cool. I guess now you can, you know, he's in a he's in Disney's pocket. So yeah, it'd be oh, interesting shit. if they gave him a Marvel movie. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine why not, right? Like, his pedigree is pretty diverse. Uh, you know, like he's yeah. I, I suppose it'd be finding the right movie or yeah. the right characters for him to tackle. Yeah, well, I can't I mean, picture him doing like a, like a Thor or a fucking Guardians of the Galaxy or something. Yeah, but why not Thor? Like the first director was um, who was it again? Fuck, I'm terrible at it. Was Kenneth Branagh, wasn't Kenneth it? Kenneth Branagh, yeah. Like it was somebody out of the blue that you just wouldn't have gone, hang on, a superhero movie. But that was really Shakespearean in that movie, you know. So mm. it called for that kind of treatment. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's very interesting choice. Um, I'm sure it wasn't their first choice, to, you know, because uh, otherwise they would have picked him in the first place, obviously. But um, yeah. I think I think hopefully it's going to be a good save, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, like like with most of the other things, we'll see when it comes out. <laughs> Han Solo I mean, still was having a bad year, day. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Over at the Millennium Falcon, things weren't working out great for Chewie either. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Is there a plane going past? Yes. Holy shit! All right. <laughs> We're going to have to get you yeah. out of that airport apartment, man. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a goddamn lawnmower. Yeah, yeah. Funnily enough, I didn't even notice it until you mentioned it. Yeah. Well, just before we were about to start, <laughs> Max was in here snoring his brains out again. I'm like, ah, oh, Jesus. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. There's no telling him to shut up either. He just looks at you and just keeps carrying on. Mm. Oh, God. <laughs> Um, so tell me about the Watchmen, um, HBO. I know just about as much as you do, buddy. Yeah, yeah. So it's been announced. It's, How do you feel about yeah, it? I announced. mean, I know you're a big fan. I think that's. Um, look, it it could turn out great. It mm-hmm. probably will. Yeah. It just doesn't need to be made <laughs> at all. Yeah, I feel like um, it's just like a scramble for licenses now. You know. Yeah. But, uh, to, to me, the the movie was brilliant. Like mm-hmm. it, it's probably and I've I've been saying this for years. It's probably the most accurate adaptation of a comic book ever made. Yeah, right on. Um, I would agree with that. I mean, sure, they left out uh, the that secondary story, like the pirate story and blah blah blah. But mm-hmm. considering it, it has been considered to be the most unadaptable piece of literature ever yeah <laughs> um 
Snyder comes along and says, "Well, fuck you, I'm going to do it," and he, <laughs> he fucking did. Yeah, yeah. Like he and the absolutely tone nailed, is just it. nailed um, yeah. it. Yeah, it's just fucking brilliant. And for HBO to come along and be like, "Yeah, we're going to give it a crack," it's like, why? It like, it's you've got done. a perfectly good movie right here. Yeah, and, unless they're planning to like include all the secondary stuff with like the kid reading the comic book and shit but i don't know i i have a weird feeling and bear with me on this this is the result of american gods yeah because it is just an announcement at this point as far as i know you know they're like well kids love these graphic novel adaptations in tv show form you know uh okay yeah american gods is, is a novel but the way it was shot uh, have you watched American Gods? I've seen the first episode. I'm really keen to get into it, but I just I can't get the time. Um, yeah, it's just it's oh got well. it's got all these interesting visuals and just it was so beautifully done. And I feel like HBO sort of latched onto Watchmen and just sort of sort of gone, we can do that with this. Yeah, they probably didn't previously because they probably didn't think they could. Yeah, um, but now yeah. they've demonstrated what can be done with like the TV format. And pushing boundaries and being edgy as opposed yeah. to just fucking trying to get ratings. Um, they've realized that the ratings come when you push the boundaries and be edgy because TV's become mm. really samey, dude. Like, you know, we had that period yeah, where. I, I think that's why, like, I really enjoyed American Gods as well. Like, I'm, I'm a big fan of the book, absolutely love it. But just the way it was done artistically, it was just so unique. Mm-hmm. I, I was just blown away by it. And just every, every episode was just better than the last. Mm-hmm. It was just. Fucking brilliant. Is it done? Oh, yeah. Right on. So how many parts is it? Is it like six parts or something? Give me a sec. I'll tell you. Yeah, because I, I think it's... Look. I think it was eight episodes. Okay. I think. Fuck. Did they... don't, don't quote me on that. I've got them sitting here. I feel like it hasn't been that long yeah. since number one came out. Yeah, about eight weeks. All oh, right. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. And we're back. <laughs> oh, my God. Australian internet, everybody. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I need to buy a new router. Goddamn. <laughs> so, all good. Um, yeah, so, I mean, essentially, the uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see for the Watchmen HBO series. See how that goes. Um, cool. So, what do we, we might do? We might jump straight into Comic of the Week. You got a Comic of the Week? Uh, uh, yes. Hold on a second. We've got to do the I intro. Think about it for a second. Hang on. Oh, God. <laughs> Comic of the week. <laughs> hey man, I went to the trouble of making it. I'll be damned if I'm not going to fucking use it. All right. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. All right, let's do it. What do you got? Uh, I'll go with. Um, I told you about it on Thursday. It's uh, the first issue of this new thing that Snyder's doing yep. with Batman. It's mm-hmm. called. Um, it's it, the series is going to be called Metal Dark Knight's Metal. Yep. Um, they released like a, I guess the. I wouldn't say the first issue. It's kind of like a prelude, I guess. Yeah. It's called um, Dark Days of the Forge. Right. And it's touching on a lot of stuff that Snyder did in his Batman run. It, I feel like he's just sort of wrapping everything up. Yeah. But it, it's got a lot to do with um, Nth Metal, which is this surprise, surprise metal mm-hmm. in the DC universe that like the thanagarians use it which are like the hawk people like hawkman and hawk girl right they're the weapons made of the stuff it's very it's got magical properties and shit but something's up with it they're mm-hmm. just not quite sure like it's only one issue but um yeah it, it's got like some really cool reveals especially mm-hmm. to do with like the joker and, and there's like throwbacks to uh crisis on infinite earths like that far back mm-hmm. it's pretty ridiculous but yeah it, it looks excuse the pun but it looks metal as fuck (laughs) it it looks sick so far that that first issue just i had a lot of uh jaw dropping moments oh cool all right i'm gonna have to pick that up i got no choice now (laughs) (laughs) but yeah no yeah dark days to forge okay pick it up fucking real good yeah yeah all right and uh my um moving on to just really quickly artist focus this week, uh, someone you got to check out may not be everyone's cup of tea, but um, uh, an artist I learned about on a podcast called Pod Sequentialism with a guy called Matt Kennedy. Uh, first time I've heard of this guy. His name's Jim Mafood. Um, here is his guy there. Okay, um, he's a quirky artist, very hip hop, 
graffiti inspired sort of artwork um i'll jump on here actually too because i got this is his latest book it's called girl scouts now this guy's big claim to fame um actually better you so you can see that there we go um this guy's claim to fame uh was he he did the clerks comic for kevin smith i actually didn't even fucking know this until i wikied it this morning um oh, wow. so kev wrote this comic book jimmy food actually drew it uh did one or two other things as well but he's, he's done a bunch of stuff now but that was his big sort of claim to fame um but he's got probably one of the most unique styles uh, that I've seen in a long time. It seems like when he draws and stuff, um, he does a lot of stuff with a single line, which sort of gives okay. him this really unique style. Like he doesn't take the pen off the paper sort of thing. I mean, he does, but as a rule, he does that less than what you'd expect, you know? Um, okay. And so everything's really weird. He's His go-to thing, because everyone has a default thing. They, whenever they say, someone says, draw a picture, they have a default mode that, he, that you drop into. And his one is he draws these sort of 70s-inspired California girl kind of images of chicks with big thighs. <laughs> you know, always <laughs> shot from the bottom down looking up so that, you know, yeah. perspective-wise, they've got small heads and big butts, you know. Um and it's just this really weird quirk he's got like the way he draws noses and stuff often he draws, he'll just default to like a triangle or like a little squiggle um, a couple of loops you know um, it's it's beautiful in that it's you can't put your finger on what the style is because everything he draws is really fucking random but um, let me just switch back to gallery he um, but his work is unmistakably Jim Mafood you can't confuse his work with anybody on the planet and that's again that's what turns me on about it because that's something that i aspire to be like i don't have that you know um mm. but you know some people might look at this and go i don't understand it it's just squiggly lines it's not comic art in my opinion you know um but see that to me is what makes it so punk you know what i mean that's that's the difference between him and everyone else is that he doesn't give a fuck you know yeah um so yeah, I've got like he's got a picture up here of some graffiti he did of Chicha Chong. One of the other things he does, which is cool, uh, he created this line of action figures called Wookie Hashpipe, and it's like Luke Skywalker and fucking Darth Vader, but they're mad pimped out with like gold chains and fucking you know bongs and shit. Oh my god, <laughs> it's so cool! And you buy them like literally packaged like a Star Wars figure with a back card and blister pack, you know. Um, and there's, there's Darth Jeez, Vader. I wonder if him and Kev get along. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. But, um, the, uh, like, I'll wait till it cycles back around. But essentially, like, Darth Vader's outfit is, like, white, but he's just wearing, like, what looks like boxer shorts, you know, with hearts on them or some shit. And he's got this bong with jewels on it and this, like, all these chains around his neck. <laughs> and fucking, Jesus. He's, he's, like, got a joint sticking out of his grill, that sort of thing, you know? Um, like I'm looking at a picture right now of uh, um, what's the guy's name? The dude from um, is an author. Where uh, used to take a lot of acid and fucking drive through the desert all the time. Um, Johnny Depp might have played him in a movie. Oh fucking! Oh goddamn! Now I can't. Remember yeah, his name. see, I'm terrible at pulling names on the fly, but everybody knows like, who this. Fear, fear and loathing and shit. Fear and loathing. That like he, you know he just he had a picture of that guy. Um, that literally just looks like uh, a bunch of random marker sort of things. Oh, actually, okay, I'm looking at Vader now. He's wearing white thigh-high boots. He's got a red Hawaiian shirt on. He's got those fucking Kanye sunglasses <laughs> over the top of his Vader helmet. You know, like, it's just fucking mental, but it all falls into his style. It's so beautifully done. Um, but anyway, yeah, check out Jim Hunter Mahood. S. Thompson. Hunter S. Thompson. God damn it. Thank you. Um Oh yeah, picture of Spider-Man here. Again, it, it, it sort of looks like a six-year-old drew it if a six-year-old had an art degree. It's you know? <laughs> the best way to describe it. It's so cool. Yeah, but anyway, check out Jim Mafood. Um, he's got, like I said, his book out at the moment um, called uh, Girl Scouts. Um, G-R-R-L, Scouts. Um, let me see. I've got to read the synopsis. It's like, what you need to know. He's done like this one comic strip style panel on the on the opening page. And it says, Girl Scouts are Gwen, Daphne, Rita. They are three badass bitches who live in Freak City. They deal weed disguised as cookie, uh, disguised in cookie boxes. They also fuck people up for money. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't seen each other in a year or so. That's about it. Blaze one and enjoy the comic. <laughs> fuck it all. All right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, again, I mean, it's different, you know. 
Um, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, unless you got anything else to add, that's about us, man. So, you done? Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty good. All right, cool, man. All right, well, uh, thanks for checking in. We can only do this with your support. If you like the show, please spread the word. Share our show wherever you can. Uh, if you listen to the show on your commute, um, uh, search iTunes, pretty sketchy podcast, and subscribe. If you're listening, you want to actually watch what I do, uh, check us out on YouTube. Again, search for pretty sketchy podcast. Thank you, Michael, for checking in again. Um, hopefully, yeah. this one turned out all right. It looks like it did, so... It's a win for us. Let's chalk one up on the board. <laughs> we'll see. I'll expect a message in about five minutes going, dude, we fucked up. Fuck. <laughs> All right, man. Cool. All right. Thanks for checking in, guys. We'll catch you on the next one.